Welcome to the Thought Boss Podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm here to show you that all the help you need is already inside of you and that you're far more powerful than you give yourself credit for. I'm glad you're here. Now let's turn you into a Thought Boss. Okay, I've got the best podcast for you guys today. So, this has been a long debated topic in my house, actually. I usually don't talk about coaching with my husband because (laughs) I just learned a long time ago it's not a great subject for both of us. I mean, I sneak it in every now and then, but I think he's probably, anyway, he just doesn't really want to hear about it because I used to try to coach him. I don't do it anymore. It was just when I first learned about it, I was really excited. So anyway, this topic though was like highly debated and it's the idea of meeting your own needs in a relationship. And my stance was always like, it's your job to meet your own needs. And my husband's stance was like, yeah, but there are some needs that you can't meet. So like, of course you need somebody else to meet them. And I have kind of struggled with it for a long time and like tried to figure it out, like wondering what could be true. Anyway, after years of coaching on this, I finally have a framework that perfectly explains how to one, meet some of your own needs and two, how to get your other needs met that you can't meet on your own. So just, I'm going to set up the framework for you. Okay. Number one, you can meet your own needs. Um, you can meet certain needs of your own. These needs can only be met by you. Do you want to know what they are? It's the way that you feel about yourself. It's your confidence. It's your, your sense of having value and importance and worth. And it's also your feelings. Okay. Any kind of emotional needs, they need to be met by you. I know that sounds a little difficult, so I'm just going to give you some examples. Okay. First of all, we're going to start with self-esteem, self-esteem and confidence only comes from the way that you think about yourself. So it doesn't come from the things that people say about you. doesn't come from this list of like what your mom told you you were good at in third grade, even though that might be where your confidence comes from. It shouldn't be. So your confidence is actually only based on like what you want to think about yourself. Your, by your thoughts, I just mean like the sentences in your head that you believe about who you are and like what you can do. So if you think about the things that people have told you before, like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you have nice teeth. Oh, I love your skin. Or you have a nice voice. Our brains have latched onto all of those opinions of other people. And we've created our self-concept, like our idea of who we are out of things that people have said to us. Now, it's not just for positive. It's actually mostly the negative things that our brains have latched onto and decided that that is what we want to think about ourselves. So if somebody once told you, you're ugly, you're too tall. Why do you look like that? Why do you dress like that? What's wrong with you? Why do you do stuff like that? You're weird. Like our brain remembers all of those things and we just kind of latch onto them and they become part of 
how we see ourselves. So for example, I don't think my mom listens to my podcast. If you do, mom, that's so nice. And I feel so loved. You don't, you totally don't have to listen to it though. But my mom, when I don't know, maybe I was 12 or something. She told me I had Popeye knees. Here's the thing about having Popeye knees. Popeye like the sailor man. <laughs> toot toot. Okay. Popeye knees. I have zero clue what that actually is. But the way that she said it when I was like 11 or 12 or however old, I was like really self-conscious about it. Like, oh, this is a bad thing. I shouldn't have Popeye knees. There's something wrong with my knees. They're different than other people's and that's bad and that's wrong. And there's like something wrong with me and I should hide my knees. Isn't that insane that this one comment that she said a long time ago, and you're probably thinking like, if you thought about it, probably your mom or your dad or like a friend or a bully or something said something to you. There's probably several instances you can think of where somebody said something to you and you've never forgotten it. Now, the reason it's really important to bring these things up and I would suggest writing them down is because we want to choose on purpose what we think about ourselves. I never knew as a kid that I could choose to believe or not believe my mom when she said you have Popeye knees or that I could choose to believe or not believe my own thoughts when my head said, and that's a bad thing. So just notice how much of your self-concept, how much of the thoughts that you think about yourself actually came from other people, um, about your personality, about the way that you look, about the things that you're good at and the things that you're bad at. If you had a coach who said, you'll never do this. If you had a teacher who said, you're just always going to be terrible at math, you might have really taken that in and decided that that was true. And I just want to offer you the idea that you could completely start over from scratch your own self-concept. You could decide right now, I know I don't want to be any of the things that people told me I was. I just want to be who I like decide that I am. Now, this isn't your way of like lying to yourself. We, I don't know why we think this, but we think that other people just know the truth about us. We think that because we can't see ourselves like visually from the outside, even though, yes, we do have mirrors, we actually can see ourselves <laughs> and we have videos and we like are ourselves acting in real life, doing our real things. We think for some reason that because we're us, we can't see ourselves. And I just think that's a really damaging thought. I think it's a terrible thought to think because that means that other people are in charge of the truth about who we are. Do you hear me? Isn't that a terrible thing to do to yourself? You're like, I don't know who I am. I don't, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm bad at. I have to go ask somebody else. I think I remember doing a project one time, um, when I was younger, um, some kind of notebook, some kind of self introspection project. And it had me ask the question, what am I good at? What am I bad at? Like, like who am I essentially to other people so that I could get an idea of who I was. And as an adult, I realized just how toxic that was uh, not toxic, but like how like disempowering that really was to tell you, you don't know who you are. So just go ask other people, like people that you trust, right? That's why it's so dangerous is because even people that you trust, they don't know the truth about you. 
they are looking at you through the lens of who they are and how they were raised. We take in all this information like so robotically as kids. We just were like sponges. We absorb everything that our parents say and do and their facial expressions. And your parents might be like, I never said that. I never told you that rich people were bad. And yet you would have grown up like remembering like how judgmental they were of the neighbors who like ate out every night. So the things that we absorb, they become a part of the way that we see the world. And it's the same with your parents. It's the same with all the people around you. So when you're asking somebody, who do you think I am? It's coming from their lens of how they see things which is totally biased and based on things that you can't even track. You have no idea what they've been through, no idea how their brain works. And yet we're asking these people like to give us a concept of who we are. So now that I've convinced you that this is a terrible idea to ask other people who you are, we've got to go into like, how do I find out who I am? Who do I decide or how do I decide? And I just want you to know you could just decide right now. You, one of the easiest ways would be to take a list of all the bad things about yourself, all the things that you're really self-conscious of. I'm ugly. I'm too loud. I'm disorganized. I'm lazy. There's something wrong with my left foot. And then like literally flip those like sentences on their head. You could just decide, I want to believe about myself. There's nothing wrong with my left foot. I like who I am. I'm actually really productive and I know how to rest. Like, just decide what the truth is about all those negative statements. Like the real truth, the good truth of like who you really are, because who you really are is good. Who you really are is enough. You weren't, you're not, you're not a screw up. You're not a mess up. It's okay if you have that thought, but just, I want you to know it's optional. I want you to know that that doesn't ever have to be like your permanent view of who you are. So what's going to happen after this is other people are still going to have opinions of you. We have this need to feel good about ourselves. That's what self-esteem is. It's holding yourself in high regard. And we are programmed to get that from other people. And so if we're going to meet our own need in that category, which I highly, highly recommend, I mean, I don't recommend it. I demand it. Okay. (laughs) If you're my client. You're not allowed to ask people anymore to give you confidence or self-esteem. Like they, besides them not knowing you, other people also don't have the capacity to offer you like kind words of affirmation all the time. If you have a husband and you have told him, my love language is words of affirmation. I need you to tell me every single day that I'm beautiful, that I'm lovely, that I'm like valuable, that I'm important to you. Listen, he, he might try to do that, but it won't be because he actually feels that way. It'll be because of obligation. And it's not that he doesn't feel that way, but it's that we don't want people doing things just because we told them to do it. You could just tell yourself those things. Whose opinion of you is most important? It's yours. I have decided to make my opinion of me the most important one because I am me. I'm the only one who gets to live my life. I'm the only one who's affected so greatly by my own confidence and self-esteem. It changes the way that I do things in my life. It changes the results that I get. It changes what I create. 
I'm not going to put that kind of power in anybody else's hands. Even my husband, who I love and I trust, and he's awesome. He shouldn't have that kind of responsibility. So think right now about who you have given your need to feel good about yourself over to and just decide to take it back. And that doesn't mean that we don't listen to the nice things that other people want to say to us. That means that we already know that we're amazing. We love our lives. We love who we are. We love what we're doing. And we've just decided who we are. And we've practiced those thoughts over and over again. That's how we change this slowly. We write it down. We read it every day. We decide this is who I am. But then when somebody else says something nice to you, like you believe it and it feels good. But it's not the basis of your self-esteem. It's not the only nice thing coming into your mind. So I want you to just think about this. Why it's so important to meet this your own need in this area is because you're already talking to yourself all the time, which means you can't be anywhere in the middle. You're either building up your self-confidence and self-esteem or you're tearing it down at all times by the way that you're talking to yourself, by the way that you're treating yourself by the way that you're listening or not listening to the needs that you have. The way to build confidence and self-esteem is to treat yourself like somebody that you appreciate, somebody that you love, somebody that's important and valuable. That means you listen to yourself. You give yourself what you need. You ask yourself, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you want to go to bed right now? Do you want to do this thing? And if you don't, I will listen to you and I I won't make you do it. It's respecting ourselves. It's respecting our wishes. It's not gaslighting ourselves. You see how deep and entrenched confidence and self-esteem is? This is everything. The way that we treat ourselves changes our lives, changes the way that we show up even for other people, but most importantly for yourself. It changes your ability to create good things in your life. Think about how well somebody performs in any aspect in art, in music, in doing their job, when somebody else thinks that they're doing a great job, when they're being complimented, you can do that for yourself literally all the time. Me sitting here right now telling myself, you're doing a great job on this podcast. I love what you're saying. This is awesome. It makes me feel really good. I've gotten really good at giving myself compliments and at receiving them. So the giving part is you just talking to yourself, but the receiving part is you hearing those words and sitting in the possibility that they're true. So if you're trying to feel like you're pretty and you're like good enough, which by the way, it's not a bad thing to want to be beautiful. We always like rag on people (laughs) who think beauty is important because we like to pretend that we don't think so because it's like a shallow thing. I don't think it's shallow at all. I think there are lots of beautiful things in this world and it's supposed to be beautiful. We're supposed to be surrounded by beautiful things. It brings us joy. By the way, I think you are beautiful because you're a creation of God. There's nothing more beautiful than a human being. So if you want to feel beautiful, like I highly encourage you to tell yourself you are beautiful. I love your arms. I love your legs. I love your hands. I love the way that your face is shaped. It's okay to build up your confidence in your looks. You don't have to just build up your confidence in like your other characteristics that are like less shallow. No, you're allowed to want to be beautiful and and make yourself feel beautiful. I think, you know, people will think it's dangerous to build up your confidence and self-esteem. But the truth is somebody who's confident and loves who they are, they love other people. They're not in their head 
all the time. They're able to focus on their friendships and their conversations. It's, it's incredible, okay? <laughs> all right, so moving on to the next part. So the, I've only mentioned two of your own needs here, which is confidence and their self-esteem. Um, the other need or needs that I want to talk about are your feelings. Your need to feel safe, secure, loved, important, valued. Um, it is not actually anybody else's job to meet your emotional needs. And the way that you meet your own is by offering yourself thoughts that make you feel the way that you want to feel. And setting up boundaries with other people that make sure that you're safe. So one of the biggest needs that we have is to feel safe. And we ignore ourselves a lot of the time when we don't feel safe. And I know that it's kind of an ambiguous term, feeling safe, but it's very clear in your body when you feel safe and when you don't feel safe. Usually anxiety, like intense anxiety, is a pretty good clue that you don't feel safe. It doesn't mean you're not safe. It doesn't mean like, oh, every time I feel anxious, I need to get myself away from wherever I'm at. But having yourself feel safe is about listening to your anxiety. And by the way, I have a workshop on this, a free one. And it also has, um, not paperwork, a worksheet with it. Not paperwork. Oh my gosh. has a really good worksheet with it. Um, if you want the link to that, you go to my Instagram, click on it. It is a free course. You can take it. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, but that feeling of safety only comes from you being willing to listen to your body when it feels unsafe and then talk it through something. Okay. So for instance, this is a really good example. If I go to a party and I'm feeling anxious, um, instead of ignoring that feeling or needing somebody else to make me feel calm, like, like going over to somebody and like needing them to be next to me when I'm at this party, I'm going to ask myself the question, do you feel safe right now? Do you feel okay? And then I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to listen for the answer. And if the answer is no, I'm going to say, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. Is there anything that I could do to make you feel more safe? And then you just think about it for a minute. And it might answer, I want to go sit by this person. This person makes me feel safe. Or it might answer, I think I want to leave after about an hour. Or it might say, like, I feel like I just want to go to the bathroom and reset. Your body knows what it needs. You can just ask it. But it's the asking. Honestly, sometimes just the asking will take care of this need to feel safe. Because what we're doing when, when we're ignoring our anxiety or we're trying to shove it down or any feeling, okay? Anytime that we shove down a feeling, what we're telling that part of us that feels afraid or unsafe is you shouldn't feel this way. There's something wrong with you. Stop feeling that way. And anytime that we say that, like we feel more unsafe. We feel like I'm not even safe in my own body. Like I'm not even getting my needs met by the person that's closest to me, which is me. So a lot of times just checking in with yourself. I'm, I'm talking about literally asking yourself the question, do you feel safe right now? Do you feel okay right now? Are you feeling anxious? How are you feeling? And then literally giving yourself a moment of peace and silence to listen. 
I promise if you listen, you're going to get an answer. If you've never tried this before, don't knock it. Don't say, oh, I don't know how to talk to myself. Go and try it. Try it right now. How are you feeling? If you haven't done it ever or or in a long time, your nervous system is going to pretty quickly tell you what it needs. And by pretty quickly, I just mean like it's going to have a lot to say. Maybe not quickly. Maybe it will take a minute before like it's like a little kid in hiding. Like you might have to coax it out a little bit. Just tell yourself it's okay for you to have any of these feelings. I'm here for you. I'm going to keep you safe. That's another thing that I love to tell myself anytime that I'm in a situation with like people I don't feel good around or, you know, just a situation that's hard emotionally. I tell myself, I promise I will keep you safe. I promise you don't have to worry with me. I will always keep you safe. Okay. And then I breathe and I know, okay, if I ever feel unsafe, I can tell myself and I can like allow myself to leave. We, a lot of times, make ourselves stay in unsafe situations. Please don't do that anymore. Tell yourself you can always leave if you need to. A lot of times that makes us feel more brave because it makes us feel like there's somebody on our side. It's kind of wild. It's like wild that we can like be our own best friend and help ourselves get through it. But I honestly think it's just like the spiritual side of us and the physical side of us. It's like our spirit talking to our body. It's like our soul talking to our nervous system. It's like two different parts of you at all times. Like you're at a party and your soul just wants to feel light and free and connected to everybody. And your nervous system is like, this is really scary. I don't want to talk to anybody. So instead of ignoring those thoughts and feelings, your soul has to talk to your nervous system and be like, hey, I recognize that you're feeling this way. That's so hard. What's up? Can I do something for you? Do you need a drink? Not a drink drink. That will just numb it. But like, do you need some water? Do you need some rest? Do you need a breath? Communicate with yourself and then give yourself what you need. Okay? I want to help you with this. If you're not my client yet, go get on my schedule. Go sign up for your free consultation. We're going to get you started. We're going to make sure that you're taking care of your own needs. There's literally no better investment in your entire life. If you've spent a lifetime not meeting your own needs, oh my gosh, sis, I love you. You deserve to have your needs met. This is this is a what life is about. Like, let's get you taken care of. It's no more waiting. Okay, go sign up. You could even pause right now. Go to Instagram link in my bio, and you can just go sign up. Okay, this next part I'm really excited about. So, there are some needs that you can for sure meet yourself, and once you have met the needs that you can meet for yourself. Then the needs that you have that can only come from other people are actually a lot easier to meet. So once you're confident and you have self-esteem and you've taken care of this need to be valued and loved and important, then you're still going to have some needs from other people, but they won't be you trying to make up for your own lack of self-confidence and self-esteem and self-love and self-kindness, okay? You won't feel desperate to have these needs met. You won't feel like, oh my gosh, I need somebody right now because like I can't meet these needs, okay? Some examples of needs that other people can feel, feel other people can fill that you can't are like talking and sharing things with somebody, um, you know, like connection, like being with somebody and, and sharing ideas and 
having something in common with somebody. Like there's just endless ways that we need other people. And I don't want you to feel ashamed of having any of these needs. In fact, the more things that you need in this category that you're willing to go out and get met, the better and funner your life is going to be. It's going to be so good. So some other ones are like having the need to serve other people, to like spend time like giving to them. That's a real need. Sitting by people, holding somebody's hand, physical touch, intimacy, so many needs that we have. So I want you to write down things maybe that you feel like you need and then ask yourself, okay, is this like a me need that I need to meet? Like a way that I need to talk to myself, a way that I need to treat myself so that I feel valued, important and loved and like confident and like I have self-esteem or is this something that somebody else, like only somebody else can meet? So here's the thing with getting these needs met. Your job is not to ask somebody to meet these needs who can't actually meet these needs. That means that I do not want you going to your spouse and saying, here's my list of needs. I need you to fulfill them all. Okay. That is not his or her job. Your spouse is not supposed to be your perfect Lego match that has all the right bumps that fit into all the right spots. We'll do another episode on marriage, but for now, I just want you to see your spouse as like just the person that you picked to be with and the person that you picked for you to love for the rest of your life or forever, not the person whose job it is to fulfill all of your needs. I promise you this is going to serve you so much better than the other ideas of what marriage is supposed to be like. Okay, so write down all your needs, figure out what they are, and then ask yourself, go through each need. And you're going to have to ask yourself, all right, who do I know and spend time with and love? And they love me that could fill this need. So if it's like talking and sharing things, if your husband is not a great sharer and they don't like to talk about certain things, please go find somebody who can. I was just talking with one of my friends the other day and she was talking about all these areas of her life that um, are not being fulfilled like by her husband and how frustrated she is that he can't meet any of those needs and she just feels like so disconnected from him because he's not meeting any of those needs. And I just said, he's not the one who's supposed to meet those needs. So for instance, if you have like a hobby like um, you like rock collecting and you're like obsessed with the beauty of rocks and their colors and you like feel like they play a really important part in your life and you really love to talk about them but your spouse is like that's so weird I just don't understand it stop asking your spouse to understand it It it's not their job go find somebody who likes rocks and go talk to them about it It doesn't mean anything about you that your spouse cannot fulfill all of your needs. It doesn't mean you're not lovable. It doesn't mean you're not enough. It doesn't mean you're not important. It doesn't mean that your spouse wouldn't be willing to give their life for you or do anything for you. It just means like it's going to be a lot harder if you expect one person, one single person who also has a life and their own needs to fulfill all of your like interpersonal needs. So totally fine that spouse can't do all the things okay 
let them off the hook, give them grace, decide what they can do for you and what you like to accept from them and just let them do that. Okay. They're going to be a lot happier fulfilling needs of yours that they actually can fulfill. It's going to take so much pressure off of them and likely you're going to get your needs met even better in the ways that they can. So for instance, my husband loves to make me food. That is one of my love languages. What he doesn't love is like listening to all of my problems when I just need to vent. It's really frustrating for him. It's so hard for him to sit there and listen because he feels like he wants to solve it. And so I might need to stop asking him to fulfill that need to be heard and understood but not solved. And I might just need to take that to somebody else. You don't have to share every single thought you ever have with your spouse. It doesn't mean you're not connected. It doesn't mean you're not soulmates. It means you're an emotionally mature human. This is so important and I'm so excited to get it into your hands. Please go share this episode with your friends right now. It's so important that everybody knows this. All right. Another one is a physical touch. I want you to think about your physical touch needs and also like the physical touch needs of your spouse and just ask yourself like, would it be okay for me to get some physical touch from other people? I'm not talking about sleeping around. I'm talking about being near to people. I'm talking about hugs. I'm talking about snuggles and holding hands and like brushing somebody's hair. If you have a need and there's not somebody on your list of trusted people that can fulfill it, I want you to just decide right now, I'm going to start looking for this person and for sure all of my needs can be met. But trust me when I say that the first part that we talked about of meeting your own needs of confidence and self-esteem and self-love and feeling safe and secure and like holding boundaries, that is actually going to take care of so much of your needs that if you're not getting one little need met, even if it feels like a big one, I promise you you're you're just still going to feel so much better. Like getting 90% of your needs met is going to feel better than asking somebody else to take care of 100% of your confidence and self-esteem needs, okay? All right, so on this note, you're probably like, "Oh my gosh, like that just sounds so selfish to go like meet my own needs and then go find people to meet my needs." that like I can't fulfill myself. And here's the third part. This is the part that brings it all together. And this is the reason I'm a genius because I came up with this. The third part to meeting your own needs is to ask yourself, what do I have already in me to give? What am I really good at giving? And then go find somebody with that need. Go give it to them. You guys, we are on this earth to love each other. So if you have something that somebody else needs, it feels really good to go give it to them. You're also going to have to pull back on the things you're giving to people that you're not good at giving to them and that you don't want to be good at giving to them and that are not natural for you. So like if you really feel like you're not good at giving a bunch of time to other people, stop inviting them into your life 
like at inconvenient times. If you like work a lot and you're super busy, like spending a lot of time with somebody, if their need is like to talk to somebody, don't, don't force other people's needs into your life. Like decide, of course, other people can get their needs met too. Could even share this podcast with them in a way of saying, Hey, I want your needs to be met. By the way, if somebody did share this podcast with you, I want you to know that person is obsessed with you. They love you so freaking much that they want you to be happy because meeting your own needs is like the actual best way to be happy. So as a recap, number one, meet your own needs of confidence and self-esteem and having your feelings validated and feeling safe and secure and loved and important. Number two, the needs that you can't meet on your own, find people who can meet those needs and have an abundance of the thing that you need and they want to meet the need. You don't even have to like physically ask them, okay? Like, hey, like, could you occasionally like hold my hand? You don't have to ask them necessarily. You could just know like, oh, this is like, I can, I can hold this person's hand and they're good at it and they love to do it and it's convenient and it's easy for them. Like for sure there's somebody in your life or multiple people in your life that could meet those needs. This is just such an expansive, powerful way to look at needs and getting your needs met and so non-victim mode. Okay, but the third one is the one that I love the most because it just completes it. You are going to feel so good when you're like, hey, I also have talents and gifts to share and I would love to meet the needs of other people. You could ask around with this one. You could be like, hey, I'm so good at making dinner. Like, does anybody occasionally want me to bring them dinner? Or like ask a new mom, like, hey, could I bring you dinner? Figure out what your gifts and talents are. Like people have needs that are not monetary and they just want to talk to somebody. They just want to sit next to somebody. They want to feel, go on a walk. They want to feel like you're friends with them. You can be good at that. You are good at things that people need. I think it's all just planned out perfectly. I think there's a need for you, multiple needs for you. And that when we all help each other meet our needs, it just works so well. Okay. This has been an overview. We should go deeper though. If you're my client already, talk to me about it. Tell me what you're thinking about it. If you're not my client, go on Instagram and tell me what you think of this podcast. I need to know so that I can put out a follow-up podcast with all of your questions because this is such a huge um, topic, okay? So amazing podcast. I love you all. I hope this lands for you and that you see needs in a whole new light and that you finally feel some hope that you can get your needs met. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. By the way, if you haven't listened to all of my free courses, go to the link on my bio on Instagram and click on, I think the first one, the link to my free courses and go print up all those worksheets, share them with your friends. They will change your life. All right. I will see you next week. Hey, if you're ready to make your mind a safe and peaceful place to be, I want you to sign up for a free coaching consultation and together we're going to find out exactly what makes you tick and we'll fill your relationships with yourself, with God, your business and other people. Because when you feel good, you can do good. I know that the world is waiting for the special magic that you have to offer. 
Don't make us wait any longer. Sign up for a one-on-one call with me and become the Thought Boss of your own life. Go to thoughtbosscoaching.com or find me on Instagram at thoughtbosscoaching.